Jaddis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about U.S. generals pushing war games against Americans. And then I'm going to run through a bunch of issues, laying out my argument to you and to America that we, have, we can see a pattern what the left does and ought to wake us up about how to respond. So we're going to hit Build Back Better, climate change, election fraud, COVID vaccine push, systemic racism, and I will close with truth about America. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Okay, Monday is like the worst day to come to the show. I mean, I love doing the show, but the truth is I've been thinking since I left this happy desk last Thursday about all the stories I wanted to talk about. Numerous conversations over the weekend where I said, oh, I'm going to hit that on Monday, that on Monday, that on Monday. Well, obviously, you know, in an hour show, I can't hit all the issues I would like to. And so I spent a lot of time on Mondays trying to hone down uh, what I want to talk about. What I decided to do today, I'm going to, I am going to do a first five related to this astonishing op-ed produced in the Washington Post by three retired U.S. generals. But before I do that, I just want to tell you what I want to try to do today. In my book, which is you know, now ten, um, eight years old, nine years old, ladies, can we talk? I made this argument, which many other conservatives have made, which is the way the left functions, the anti-American Marxist left functions, is that they're always following a pattern. You can always watch a pattern of what they do, how they attack things, and they have the same playbook. It's always, it's the same playbook, the same actions they take, no matter what the issue is, no matter what the issue they're pushing, the issue they're defending against, same playbook, same agenda. And the short story is the anti-American left, or I could also call them, you know, numerous other names, uh, you know, the sinister power seekers, the crisis creators, the communist, Marxist, globalist, ruling class elite, they are always determined to gain power. Everything they do is always about getting more power in their hands and out of the hands of the people and taking away more of your money. Assembling money and power in the hands of the ruling elite is the entire agenda of the leftists in this world. It's always their agenda, no matter what the circumstance, always their agenda. Now they have assistance, of course, the ones I'm describing are the really sinister uh, leftist, globalist, communist, Marxist, socialist, I mean, the, the plotters and planners behind this scheme scene. They are sinister, they are evil, and they always hide their agenda. But they have people who assist them within the population in America and other places. They have the, and I used the expression, I gave a speech recently someplace, and I was using the expression of the kumbaya crowd. You know, the really lovely, a lot of you guys probably sang kumbaya at church camp. I know I did, you know, kumbaya has come by here, very, very sweet and beautiful song, but the kumbaya crowd are just the easily convinced, they're kind of like Lenin's useful idiots, but they're the people who are just listening to the way the leftists, the sinister leftists message to the population, and they're thinking, oh yeah, all they really want is world peace. All they really want is economic equality. All they really want is racial justice. I'm for them. So they're kumbaya useful idiots. I mean, they're people who buy into what the left tells them and, and you know, swallows hook, line, and sinker the messaging the left sends out. So you got the kumbaya 
uh, useful idiots. And then you have the endless, willingly, relentlessly outraged, the protesters, the haters, the people just looking for someone else to hate, looking for something else to protest, often compensated by the sinister leaders of it all. So on the left, you have the sinister people, the sinister Marxist, globalist, communists, the, I, I call them the power seekers, the crisis creators, they function on creating crisis. And then you have the kumbaya crowd who just, uh, you know, the, the useful idiots who follow along mindlessly without realizing they're being duped. And then you have the willingly relentless, you know, outrage who will just protest anything. They're waiting for the next enemy to pile on. So that's what the left does. They start out their agenda with a lie, with a lie. They always start with a lie or a grotesquely exaggerated problem. They'll take a small issue, grotesquely exaggerate, and make a lie out of it. And this is what they do. Uh, the issue isn't real, but they make it seem real. Uh, and it's always designed, as I said, to facilitate power. They run with it. Then they quickly engage the mockery mob in the American media to go along with them, the mockery mob to silence all dissent, to shame people who won't agree with them, shame people if they won't shut up, silence the critics. This is a, a continuing operation the left does on all the issues we're going to hit today. It's how they live. It's how they roll. It's what they do. Uh, and so, and the, and the ultimate goal of the left, besides, as I say, to assimilate power and, and collect more wealth, the, the underlying agenda in America of the leftists, and these are the people, the globalists, world economic forum people, the Marxist, socialist, communists, is ultimately to take down the idea of America, to take down not just the, I don't mean physically destroy the country and kill everybody here, I mean to take down the belief in the idea of America, to convince more and more Americans to think, even though they used to think America was a good and noble and great country, when you're done listening to them, you're going to think America, you're embarrassed you ever liked America, you're embarrassed you ever claimed pride in being an American citizen. The left wants to take down belief in the idea of America, the concept of America spelled out in the Declaration of Independence, the idea that we all have rights from God, we're all equal. All, all created equal, we all have rights from God to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and we have those rights simply because we were born, not because the leftists said they could, we can have them. These ideas enrage leftists. So the founding ideas of America enrage the leftists. Their ultimate goal, besides power and money, is to take down your belief in the idea of America. It's a constant, constant chipping away at belief and in love of America. I'm going to run through a few issues uh, describing this this MO, this modus operandi is what the left does. And the reason I want to do this today is we're nearing the end of 2021. And in 2022, we're going to have a highly, highly political year. We're going to have a year of the left now seeing much of their agendas falling apart. Uh, the Biden agenda is not going well with the American people. Uh, many on the left are outraged that they couldn't get the, the things they wanted done in the first Congress where Biden, you know, he's in the White House. You have a majority of Democrats in the House and Senate. First year of the Biden administration nearing its end and basically has not accomplished much of anything at all. Um, and so I will um, tell our, I'm going to say this right on air. Hey, Ziggy, I'm getting a text message here. The show's not working on the website. I don't know if you can do anything about that. I'm telling you it's not working on the website. I guess it's just going out on Facebook. But anyway, if you can try to remedy that. Okay. So um, I, um, I want to tell you about this, I'm setting the stage what I want to talk about today because I really want to help us as we move forward, us uh, American patriots, people who love this country, to see what the left does, to watch this pattern so we don't get sucked in every time, go, oh my gosh, I never knew this new crisis existed, who knew? And then we fall into their trap over and over and over and over. 
The other thing in the first five, so that's a big picture of the show today. Um, and then I want to also just talk briefly about a uh, something that appeared in the Washington Post, an op-ed. Uh, and this, uh, this op-ed appeared on, I think, Friday or Saturday. I don't take the Washington Post, so I don't know, and I don't subscribe to them. But uh, there were three retired generals uh, who are being described in many news outlets as leftists. Now, I have to say, for many years, I always thought, if you're in the military, you're probably a conservative. You love America. You love freedom. You love the Constitution. Not so. During the Obama era, where he cleaned out the pro-American, many, many high-ranking pro-American, pro-Constitution, you know, uh, serious conservatives out of the upper echelons of the military, and, and left in the leftists. And so we have many at the high ranking, we've talked about them before, uh, leaders, in the, um, current leaders in the military and retired who are leftists. So these uh, three uh, put out a, uh, an op-ed in the Washington Post. The gist of what they're saying is they're urging the American military, they're urging the American military to consider doing like war games, you know, like how military has to do this, and it's good they do it in other contexts, they have to actually plan out. Well, if we were to have a battle with, I don't know, China, North Korea, Cuba, they have to, to plan out. They can't just sit down and write an outline. Here's what we do. They have to engage in like practice. They figure out what they would do, how they would handle things to help them recognize contingencies, recognize things that maybe as they're looking at it closely, they realize, wow, you know, this could occur. How would we react? We have to have thought it through ahead of time. That's war games. These people are urging the military to consider war games against the American people. In the uh, instance in which say they that the American that there is an insurrection again in 2022 um, or 2024, no, 2024 rather, the presidential election, uh, as they claim there was in the year 2020, which there wasn't. January 6th again was not an insurrection. Um, so I'm um, laying all this out to tell you that I think that it's really uh, important for all of us going forward to recognize this January 6th commission. That is, you know, has features two traitorous Republicans and a bunch of Democrats. They are not just about, they're not just about trying to get to the root causes of what occurred in the Capitol on January 6th, you know, make sure they find all people there who may have broken the law and, and should be prosecuted. They are going much deeper than that. They're going far into, you know, ahead of time, behind the scenes, you know, months ahead of time, some rally happened. It's just someone there who maybe said something that we could argue is somehow uh, support of an insurrection. The January 6th commission is feeding the hysteria in the American people and the minds of the, uh, you know, kumbaya, useful idiot crowd, thinking that there really was an insurrection on January 6th. So the January 6th commission trying to feed that narrative. You have these generals who may have been really good military people, and I'm happy if they were, but they are participating in this delusion, this lie to the American people that January 6th actually was, a, was an insurrection. And so they're participating in that. And this, uh, these generals are actually trying to posit, you know, there may be another one. We better be ready. I got to tell you, folks, there's all this talk about America being deeply divided. And, I, and obviously on some issues there is great division. But much of the division at this time is between the people who want to see America preserved and protected, America the founding, America the great, unique, and extraordinary, preserved against the leftists in this country, which is a tiny section of America. I mean, we, you, the leftists are in power in Washington. 
But as I've said many times on this show, I don't think there's 20% of Americans as radically left as the administration is, as AOC is, as Bernie Sanders is. It's not even 20% of America supports the radical leftist agendas being forced down the throat of the American people. We are not a divided nation in the sense of, you know, 50-50. We have a nation of people, many people upset and concerned about the direction of the country. But wrapping up the first five, these generals are actually trying, they are participating in what the uh, January 6th Commission is doing, which is trying to perpetuate the lie, perpetuate the division, perpetuate the chaos the left always creates, and, and perpetuate the notion that somehow in America you know, we may be facing another insurrection. One of the goals, very obvious, of the January 6th Commission is to make sure that the American people get the message that Donald Trump must never run for office again, and, Donald Trump should, and the message is to him. Uh, Donald Trump, you are never going to run for president again. You're not going to serve in any office. You're not going to be supported. You know, it is a message to Trump and his supporters. We're done with you. America's done with you. That's one mission of the January 6th Commission. I'll close out the first five by saying uh, there is, of the two Republicans on this ridiculous committee, I keep saying commission, it's a committee, January 6th Committee, uh, this guy Adam Kinzinger, who just is you know, a you know truly deplorable human being, um, he put out a statement recently about the January 6th committee was going to have subpoenas coming soon from members of Congress, even he applied, implied for President Trump. These people are looking to rattle to the core anyone who supports Republicans, anyone who supports anything about the Trump agenda. Their agenda is not just this narrow little, let's get to the bottom of January 6th. It is to frighten to the core anyone who supported the Trump agenda, and, and which the vast majority of Americans did support. Anyone who supported President Trump, anyone who was in Congress and the Senate, who may have agreed with any aspect of what Trump did, the January 6th Commission is an evil witch hunt, sinister effort to undermine the right of the American people to assemble, to speak peaceably, to speak up, to support the candidates they want, is, is on a very, very ugly path, continuing on that path. Um, and it is a very much designed to bring down any notion of the uh, Trump agenda, the ideas of the Trump administration. Uh, and, and actually, I think also try to find bases to suggest they can't prosecute people themselves, but they can suggest the evidence they uncovered uh, warrants criminal prosecution of different people. And there have been prosecutions, of course, if some people got in the Capitol on January 6th. But it's an ongoing mission to see who else can we find a basis for arguing there should be criminal indictments against these people. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay. If you missed it, I, I noticed I was getting text messages. The show wasn't going out live from the website ahead of time. So I don't know. At the very beginning, I'll tell you in a 30-second nutshell, what I decided to do today, instead of hone in on just three subjects, which I often just have three subjects, you know, it's kind of the rhythm of the show. I wanted to try something today. It's an end-of-the-year effort, and it's also an inspiration to you to think about for next year in 2022, as you watch the issues unfold in America, to think about the way in which the left treats every issue there is, always with the same agenda. Leftists always work. And I, by leftists, I'm in, the Democrat Party is a subset of this, but it is part of it. But the anti-American leftists, you know, Marxist, communist, socialist, power-grabbing power people, 
have an MO, a modus operandi, something you can watch the pattern and it repeats itself over and over and over and over and over and over and over. They identify non-existent problems or they exaggerate a minor problem into a major problem. They lie and they lie and they lie and they lie and they get American people stirred up and angry and then they, they derive political power out of the chaos they have created. They have as their, their ultimate goal, it is to assemble power assemble power, assemble money, collect money for, the, for themselves, to draw money out of the private sector, out of the hands of the, the American people and businesses and into the hands of the Washington elite. And ultimately, it's very much tied to the World Economic Forum agenda, the globalist agenda, to denigrate the unique and extraordinary greatness of America and to have America brought to its knees, the American people no longer believing in the idea of America. This is what the left is all about. So I want to run through the issues, I, um, and I, we'll see how we uh, rock and roll on this, because I, I don't usually send this many, but uh, the first thing I want is Build Back Better fell apart. Uh, and I want to just, um, Build Back Better, I want to tell you all of you people, was the name of the bill that uh, just got killed in the U.S. Senate. Of legislation and one reason I want to talk about it is uh, this build back better language um, it was a name and it, you know it kind of sounds like people go yeah who could be against build back better you know and all this great spending and great things are gonna happen uh, wonderful things are gonna take place in America um, and the build back better bill um, really got killed by Joe Manchin the Democrat senator from West Virginia because right now the Senate is 50 50 so the Dems need everybody on board Plus, they need to have the, uh, when there is a tie in the Senate vote, the Constitution provides that the president of the Senate, who also is a vice president of the United States, in this case Kamala Harris, would break that tie. So they had to have all their Dems on board, build back better, massive, 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 massive spending program, and uh, Joe Manchin wouldn't budge. And he is a guy who is, um, you know, just a, he's a Democrat from West Virginia. He's often a, uh, they, you know, he's often a voter that the, um, as a member of the Senate, that the um, people, uh, the, uh, the conservatives kind of count on or kind of think maybe he's going to come through. Um, and there was in this, uh, there's a text, ma there's a um, tweet that was put out that I wanted to ask, um, yeah, sorry. I wanted to ask Mr. Becker to put up. Uh, this is a tweet that was from a guy who was um, uh, talking about the um, Build Back Better bill, and um, he was lamenting that the Build Back. There you go. Thank you very much, Mr. Becker. Okay, a lot to process on the Mansion News. The Mansion News again being Joe Mansion, West Virginia Senator, will not back Build Back Better, and they killed it. So it's from a substantive standpoint. Says this tweet. Is just objectively devastating for the planet. The last best chance at climate change legislation is gone. And I want to leave that up there for a second if you would. I want to talk about that. Now, how many people, when you hear the name Build Back Better, do you think they assume, oh, this is a bill about climate change? And obviously the answer is nobody. Nobody thinks that. They think it's a bill, you know, it's kind of build a do good things, but it just is a um, intentionally uh, named it for a thing that just is a, um, it sounds like who could argue with it. It's the way, and this goes back to my point about the way the left gets their agenda done. They lie, deceive, collude, deceive the American people. Build back better and think, well, who could be against that? Well, fortunately for us, Joe Manchin was. Okay, you can take it down. I also want to mention about the, the Build Back Better language. I've mentioned this in other shows, but just to understand again, even naming the bill Build Back Better was a signal from the radical leftists in the White House uh, and in Washington 
to the International Globalist World Economic Forum people. Hey, we're trying to do the globalist agenda. You know, tune in right here. Look at America. We're doing it. We're helping you, World Economic Forum globalists. We're helping you take down America. Don't worry. We're, in, we're, we're doing it. And so Build Back Better, the language actually came from the World Economic Forum. It was promoted and repeated by many international anti-American leftist leaders, left-wing organizations. It's really important to understand, Build Back Better wasn't about fixing America. It wasn't about helping America. It was about climate change and buying into the left wing, as you saw from that tweet, the left wing climate change agenda, which I will get to later in the show, one of the many avenues the left uses to seize power. Remember, all the left ever wants is to seize power, control more of your life, and take more of your money away. And in the case of the globalists, it is to have much of the, the wealth generated in America by the American people, the hardworking people, transferred out of America into the hands of these greedy, ruling elite folks in the globalist world who will then decide how much money each person should get. So Build Back Better was very definitely a signal uh, to the international community that America was right on board. Um, Understand also that the, the global, uh, the climate agenda is always about, at its core, it's about ending the fossil fuel industry and ending coal as a source of power, which may explain why Joe Manchin finally realized, shoot, no matter, and, and actually, by the way, I wanted to mention to you, President Biden issued a blistering condemnation of Senator Manchin saying, you know, we just met with him, he came to my home, we talked, he came to the White House, you know, we we're working on the terms of this, and now, you know, Joe Manchin goes on some talk show and says, not doing it, not supporting it. The, the Biden people are livid because they thought they had Manchin on board. I don't know when it, tuned, uh, it occurred to Manchin that what was one thing was in the bill was going to kill the coal industry, like one of the major industries in, of West Virginia. Uh, and then the other point I want to make about this is all of this effort of, to push the climate agenda was the core thing back in the United Nations, back to when they were deciding, you know, decades ago, they the, the pushed the UN climate agenda, it was Agenda 21, which has, is now ending, the, the year 2021 now ending, and then we have Agenda 2030. We have meetings ongoing at the international level, allegedly dealing with climate, but when you dig beneath the climate agenda argument, it's always about massive globalist control of the world, massive wealth redistribution, forced wealth redistribution, money taken from the countries who work hard and earn it, decided, distributed, according to the whims and wishes of those who run the World Economic Forum and other, other left-wing UN-affiliated uh, type organizations. It is the agenda to take use climate to dupe the American people into buying into climate change, which we're going to talk about a little later, so you'll give your power away. So Build Back Better fails. You know, Biden is very, 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 very unhappy about this. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I, he's, he's saying, he's call, Biden's actually calling Manchin a liar, a deceiver. Uh, I think that's really what Manchin finally figured out is that this whole thing's gonna kill us. Okay, so now I wanna talk about climate change, the next one, and actually, you know what, Mr. Becker, I don't even know what, I did send you the correct sequence. Even if I didn't, we'll talk about climate change. On the subject of climate change, we have had on this show and played before many times quotes from people who were in charge of the UN climate agenda, who basically admitted the ultimate purpose of climate change agenda, the ultimate purpose is redistribution of wealth. It's always about redistribution of wealth. It's always about punishing successful countries, and, and it's always about uh, 
shaming or guilting uh, the fossil fuel industry, uh, shaming or guilting America for having the luxury of having freedom to travel because we have at our access our own disposal, we did until Biden came along, had our access and disposal uh, plenty of fossil fuels, we could produce our own oil, we could have cars that run smoothly. I mean, America's style of living, our sense of freedom enrages leftists because that people who have lots of freedom and freedom to travel and freedom to move around are very hard to control. But back to the climate agenda, I just want to read you a very quick thing because every time there's a climate meeting, in fact, they had one recently, we, I think we talked about right at the time it was happening. Uh, it was the um, CO, COP26. Uh, it was the United Nations Climate Change Conference, uh, which was in Glasgow, Scotland. It was early November, uh, October into November. So they had this, this is the ongoing, after 50 years, these kinds of meetings, ongoing meetings where they, um, not 50 years, I guess, 26 then, but anyway, ongoing meetings where they discuss climate change as a as a means as a vehicle to expand the power of the government in america and the international crowd um, at the expense of the free people of this world let me make clear everyone on the planet earth every politician every elected official everybody who runs a company everybody who runs the large largest companies on earth to the smallest Everyone knows we need clean air and clean water. Everyone knows it'd be wonderful to have more and more sources of energy developed so that we could rely on things, not because necessarily fossil fuels are as evil as the left says they are, because they're not. Fossil fuels are nowhere near as evil as the left says they are. There's plenty of other sources of energy, but everyone wants to have abundant energy. And everyone wants to have you know, clean air, clean water. All of us have to breathe uh, the only water and air. This is only one earth and this is, this is it. So I am in favor of responsible efforts to continue to monitor how you know, uh, waste is, is released from factories and corporations when they have, they produce something. There, were, there was an era when there was a little bit more, there was more wasteful, distri uh, harmful distribution of the, uh, when there was manufacturing, production, harmful ways in which waste was disposed. You can have intelligent conversation about what to do about nuclear waste after the nuclear plants. I mean, you can have intelligent discussion. I'm not saying there's that nothing about climate matters. I am saying you have to be wide awake to recognize the climate change agenda on the American left is about control and power. And it, they use the tactic the left always uses, and we continue going back to our what the left is all about. They, they seize on an issue, and then they work very hard to frighten the living daylights out of everyone so that everyone will just instantly concede, oh my gosh, if that's true, okay, yes, you can take my entire paycheck, I'll be willing to, you know, sleep out in the desert, do whatever you tell me, you know, if, you, if this is really true. Leftists use alarmism, not just in climate, but on many, many, many other issues as a political vehicle to silence people and to co-opt them and to support whatever the left wants. So, just so you know, this climate agenda, this climate meeting, the United Nations Climate Change Conference that happened in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, late October into November, um, that was a time they gathered together to wring their hands again and say, you know, how could, uh, you know, we need to, we have an emergency, the world's going to end, you know, you had, um, so you had actually that President Obama um, spoke at it, former President Obama said, when it comes to climate, time really is running out. Uh, and Greta Thunberg, and I do actually feel sorry for her, because I, I mean, she has serious developmental challenges, I don't know if you know that, but she 
she has serious developmental challenges and not being facetious. And the idea she's out, she's allowed by her parents or others to be out there making lunatic accusations is really a great condemnation of her parents. Anyway, uh, she declared, she demanded the UN declare a system-wide climate emergency, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and then, um, and then they go on, went on to say at this climate conference, if the developed nations don't phase out oil and gas and give $100 billion in climate financing, this is actually discussed at this recent meeting. The uh, developed nations, which means America actually, uh, will, doesn't give $100 billion in climate financing. The only fact about the future I can declare, said Paul Behrens, professor in environmental change, um, is with certainty is the world as we know it is coming to an end. So Mr. Here we are in 2021 climate conference, Professor Paul Behrens, professor of environmental change, said the only way we can save the world from, uh, from coming to an end if we don't phase out oil and gas, which, you know, we don't have time for the detail of that today, phase out oil and gas and the developed nations have to give $100 billion in climate financing. This may all sound familiar. I'll, I'll give you some other little uh, past uh, ventures into the same kind of thinking. I want you to guess when this statement was made. This came out of the UN uh, official, UN Environment Protection boss. Um, guess when this was made? We have 10 years to stop the catastrophe. 10 years to stop the catastrophe of climate change. Or else, you know, we all, I don't know, die. 1972. 50, okay, next month, 50 years ago, 50 years ago, you had the head, I mean, this is, you know, older than the lifetime of most young people who believe that climate change is going to kill us all next week. 50 years ago, you had this climate alarmism. That was in 1972. Okay, 1982, didn't have the catastrophe predicted by 1972. But then the New York Times, nonetheless, covered the second UN conference on the environment, which their quote, an environmental catastrophe as irreversible as any nuclear holocaust. So the, so the climate change you see is going to cause worse damage than any nuclear holocaust. These are quotes from Mustafa K. Tolba, who is executive director of the United Nations Environmental Program, saying things are not fixed by the turn of the century. So he's saying this in 1982, referring to the year 2000, the world would face an environmental catastrophe which uh, we will witness devastation as complete, as irreversible as any nuclear holocaust. That was supposed to have happened as of the year 2000. Said back in 82, 1989, senior US environmental official um, shaved a year off the prediction saying, now we only have some 1999, only 10 years. We're, and, and if we don't fix the environment, do whatever they say, transfer billions of dollars, stop driving cars, stop having, you know, homes in America that are warm in the winter and cool in the summer, you know, we're going to have, we're going to face, says he, global disaster, nations wiped off the face of the earth, crop failures, people, I could go on and on and on and on, and for the rest of the show, reading you quotes like this, and what I'm saying is you have to recognize, you can both believe in clean air and clean water, want responsible climate agenda and recognize the left uses climate, climate alarmism as a tool to get power. 
That's what happens with climate change. That's what Build Back Better was going to do. And that is, fortunately, what Joe Manchin saved us from. And you do have, and the same, I keep talking about the rhythm I want to talk about in this show. You have the left using climate alarmism. You have, of course, the kumbaya useful idiots who are just, you know, I, I don't want to be mean, but, you know, I, I really, I just am so worried. We have to have clean air and clean, as though someone's advocating for not having clean air and clean water. As though someone's a, a, advocating for we live in a time where we're, we're just going to let destruction come. The destruction predicted are the lies the left sells to, to get the agenda they want, which is power. So I'm going to wrap up on that topic. The next one I want to hit is, um, I, I don't know which one I sent you next. I have all these topics. I think election fraud. Okay, election fraud. Let me just discuss what, so what is occurring um, with, with election fraud. So the big agenda, when Biden comes into power and he's going to be president, you know, the save the world president, blah, blah. So, you know, he's got all these big things. He says he's going to end covid uh-huh. We'll talk about that later. But anyway, Biden comes into power and the left is in power. They have the White House, the House and the Senate, and they want to push. They tried uh, this uh, For the People Act, this massive, massive, clearly unconstitutional theft of, from the states of the authority to run elections. That was For the People Act filled with incredibly, impossibly unbearable, ridiculous provisions. And yet you had... Um, and for the people act failed. So then they went to the build back better thing that has now failed. So now what they're trying to do in these remaining few weeks of 2021 is get this build back better bill passed. And I'm just going to say, because I want to get to other topics beside election fraud, I want to make this point about election fraud. You have these people in Washington who are refusing to acknowledge the massive evidence of election fraud, refusing to acknowledge, and, and in, in courts in states around the country, refusing to recognize that state after state is coming up with, with information, evidence of election fraud. Washington just is doing the, we, we don't know what you're talking about, don't want to hear it, don't want to, not going to listen. And, in, and instead of you know, just ignoring the evidence of election fraud, which we've talked about in this show from Arizona, when you had the audit show that between 50 and 60,000 votes in a state that Biden won by 10,000 votes, between 50 and 60,000 votes were compromised and dubious, but there's no election fraud, nothing to see here. And then we had the story last week or two weeks ago out of Wisconsin, 23,000 registered voters, all with the same phone number. We had the stories out of Pima County, Arizona, and other counties in Arizona, where even a minor amount of canvassing was showing voter rolls in counties with the number of people listed as eligible voters exceeding the number of people in that, in that county who were voting age. These are not little one-off, you know, one little county got behind on their voter rolls. This is all over the country, and yet you can't get that. The mainstream media is not going to cover it. So the left's answer, instead of responding and saying, well, you know, we actually, we should care about this. We should want to know that voter rolls are light, are correct. Well, their answer is to pivot back to the radical election bill. I've covered it so many times in the show that I'm not going to do it again, except to say, how could anyone, anyone, even the Marxist left in Washington vote against, or excuse me, vote for this election bill. Now they're trying to cram through when it includes eliminating voter ID. I could run through 25 other things in the bill that are preposterous, designed to allow, in fact, mandate fraud, but just that one provision. That's what they think they're going to do. They're going to push through this bill that would get rid of voter ID. 
I mean, you can't, I mean, uh, you know, getting rid of all ID in this county. I was saying to my husband earlier today, you know, this would be great. You know, you can go into any bank, write a check. Oh, you can't ask. I swear, this is my account. Yeah, yeah, that, that's me. I'm going to sign this. No ID required. Same with using credit cards. Same with getting on an airplane. Same with anything else you do in life. Picture ID required. And yet the Democrats with a straight face look America in the eye, in a camera, and say, oh, yeah, this is a very, very important. They call it voter rights bill. Talk about how they lie about things. A voter's rights bill. Uh, the uh, rights for the voters, you know, protect the voters. This is to ensure permanent election fraud to get to the agenda the left always has, which is permanent power. The left, everything they do is geared toward power, money, or both. And this idea that we would, we would have a federal law, which I believe would be unconstitutional, but still, you could get a majority in the Senate or the House to pass this, to say, you're going to have just... You know, no voter ID, who needs that? And they're going to go for it? I mean, this is really, if you needed one proof of how extremely radical the left is, there it is right there. They're now pushing this because Biden's embarrassed, the left is embarrassed. How in the world could we have gotten to the point that we are now, uh, that, we, that we can't get an agenda through, the Biden agenda through, the left-wing agenda through, they got the left-wing loudmouth complaining now, the left isn't using their power. And so, you know, then you have... So they're trying to do something. I mean, if any time you want to be active, this would be the bill. Even if you live in a state with a Democrat senator, um, or you have uh, any, or both your senators are Democrat, if you're a member of Congress is Democrat, call them, complain, don't you dare vote for this election theft, you know, nationalizing election theft bill it is not a voter rights bill, it's a vote fraud enablement bill, and every American with any conscience should be against it. But you understand how the left functions. They, they lie about the name. They call it a voter rights bill. It's a For the People Act. It's filled with, with just, I mean, corrupt, impossibly, uh, I mean, must be unconstitutional. Certainly, nothing you do if you want a voter integrity. They ignore the existence, the real existence of voter, uh, serious evidence of voter fraud, and instead push for something that they'll have permanent power in Washington over your elections. Simply outrageous. Okay, I want to turn to COVID because I want to hit... Um, these are uh, this, this COVID vaccine push. And I just want to tell you some amazing things. So here we are, you know, in 2021. Uh, first of all, as a very minor point, you always hear these uh, these data points about where the uh, White House is saying, "Oh yeah, you know, it's nearly 90% of Americans are are, um, are are vaccinated." And actually, the CDC had to put out something recently saying, "Actually, you know what? Um, we overcounted by a whole bunch about who's actually vaccinated." But on COVID vaccination. Here's what I really want to hit and have you think about. Since we've talked about COVID many times on this show, you already know that there was right near the beginning of 2020 when all of this COVID thing broke out in America and around the world, you had doctors in America saying, hey, we have great treatments available. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, inhaled budesonide, uh, you know, monoclonal antibody infusions came up a little bit later. You had all these doctors trying to say that, and the entire push of the Dr. Fauci and Dr. Francis Collins had the NIH, the entire push was to say, no, 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 none of these other treatments work, nobody better rely on them. All of that designed to allow the rapid development of a vaccine 
or several vaccines for COVID. And in order for those vaccines to, to overcome the requirement in law that they actually be tested, which we've always done for other vaccines, they had to pass the Emergency Youth Use Authorization Act standard. And so they had to say no other remedies available is why we have to have these vaccines. So they ignore the evidence now just over, over the top evidence uh, from premier universities around the world that every bit of those treatments, every one of those treatments I just mentioned, very effective in treating, treating COVID, but you had the Institute, the National Institute of Health, you had Fauci, you know, fingers in the ears, won't listen, no, 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 all those vaccines. So now I wanna to point to something that just came out um, out of the um, a, a Freedom of Information Act uh, request, which was uh, Freedom of Information Act this is, and you gotta look at the names. This is an email that was turned in a response to a Freedom of Information Act. So Francis Collins, Dr. Francis Collins is the head of the NIH. He's writing to Dr. Anthony Fauci. This is October, 2020, October, 2020. Writing to him saying this about this great Barrington Declaration. And I want you just to remember, if you, we've talked about this, leave it up there, please. We talked about this before, um, where they had um, these doctors who had actually been treating COVID patients, um, and these doctors had come up with, they're very, very frustrated, trying to tell Washington, we don't need these shutdowns. This is, this is really wrong, really bad. We shouldn't be doing it, and, and had other solutions. And so these doctors came up with this great Barrington Declaration, and they were, they were calling, uh, and, and so they were basically saying they're now getting you know thousands of people signed on, doctors signing on, saying everything we're doing in response to COVID is wrong. We don't need to have shutdowns. We do not need social distancing. Masks don't work, and everyone who's gone through first year of medical school knows this. Masks do not stop the spread of the COVID virus. And so you had this Francis Collins emailing Fauci in October, over a year ago, saying, calling these three fringe epidemiologists um, are getting a lot of attention. Uh, and, and, you know, and you see the subject line, the Great Barrington Declaration. Let me tell you who these three, you can come back to me for a second, who these three were. This is Jay Bhattacharya of Stanford University. And I'm very sorry if I'm saying your last name, Dr. Bhattacharya, Bhattacharya um, but he's a you know, Stanford. He's not like some guy who got his medical license, you know, sending in something off of a matchbook. Dr. Bhattacharya of Stanford University, Sunetra Gupta of University of Oxford, and Martin Kuldorf of Harvard University. At this point, they have 15,000 medical and public health scientists signed on and 45,000 other medical practitioners all signing on saying what we're doing in response to COVID is insane, absurd, ridiculous. Now, if you are Fauci, if you are Collins, if you're anybody else in the Washington establishment and you actually care about the health of the people, you'd be saying, wait a minute, how, look at all these people signing on. Look what they're saying. Look at the studies they're coming up with. You know, you would care what they said, but the Fauci Collins attitude speaks it is like an admission against interest where I still litigating cases. It's an admission against interest. They want to shut down the people who are telling the truth to the American people, waking people up, and they're still here in Washington today. Here we are nearly the end of the December of 2021, and you still have this massive, massive push of vaccinations as the only possible, possible way in order for people to get better. So there was yet another um, tweet, and um, you've been so good about this, Mr. Becker, but there was another tweet by one of the doctors. Um, I don't know if you, yeah, there you go, Jay Bhattacharya. So now I know what it feels like 
to be the subject of a propaganda attack by my own government. Discussion and engagement would have been a better path. Leave that up there because I want to tell you something. They were not kidding when Collins and Fauci started attacking these guys. It wasn't like the, you know, the, uh, they just kind of put an email out once and, and complained. They demeaned the integrity. They demeaned the caliber of these doctors who are treating COVID patients. Yeah, can't have that. So that's what they did to him. He put that tweet out. Now I want to just give you another bit of information about COVID. There's a great, great article linked to our website today, americacanwetalk.org. I cannot urge you strong enough to go read it. It's by a guy, I happen to know him, great guy, Sam Faddis. The COVID vaccines are a myth. I want you to just listen to what he's saying. This is data. The push to get everybody vaccinated, hysterical push to vaccinate five-year-olds and young people who basically never get COVID and never die of it. But yeah, we're going to vaccinate them too. So listen to this data. 80% in the United Kingdom, 80% of the people dying of COVID-19 in the UK are double or triple vaccinated. Look at this. According to official UK government data, fully vaccinated people make up I, you know, I can't quite read that from this. My Oh, here, I can get it here. 56% of all COVID-19 cases. So they, they constitute 56% of COVID cases, 63% of hospitalizations, and a shocking 80% of deaths for the past 16 weeks in England. And I, people, I don't want anyone to die. I don't want anyone to get sick. I'm in favor of being healthy. But ask yourself, because this data I just read to you, that's just from the UK. This article I mentioned to you that about with... um from Ann Magazine, which, uh, which um, Sam Fattis founded. These, these numbers, this isn't just the UK. Taiwan reports 79% of the people coming down with COVID have received at least one injection of the vaccine. The Center for Disease Control in the US has found exactly the same thing. 79% of new COVID cases are occurring in the fully vaccinated. The vaccines aren't working. Now, if you're Fauci and if you're Collins and you recognize his numbers, and I mean, I could spend the rest of the show reading you these numbers all over the world. Doctors are saying, hey, the vaccines aren't working. People are still getting sick. I want to tell you two of the little facts. Uh, one is um, in America, the five most fully vaccinated states, the five most fully vaccinated states are the same five states with the greatest increase in new COVID cases. And yet the vaccine is obviously not working. And yet these people in Washington, those people in power, hysterically pushing vaccines, mocking and attacking doctors who are trying to say, hey, these aren't working. And we have these other really, really effective treatments. Same story out of, I mean, on all over the world. I can't even, I got running out of time. So I want to get to the point. If you knew all that data, would you still be pushing the vaccines if you knew it? And you knew all this other information was out there. But yeah, what the White House has planned for us, and I do want to help uh, make this point, the COVID vaccine you know, Nazis are fully aware that their, their whole narrative is falling apart, that more people are waking up, more people are realizing, hey, wait a minute, these aren't working. Masks don't do any good. They're, they're waking up to this. And so you're starting to see out of the White House a bit of panic. So there was a White House... Um, the administration statement, I don't know if I even say this one, Mr. Becker, but the White House, uh, yeah, there you go. So they're talking about Omicron. And again, leave it up there while I'm saying this, okay? Omicron is like a cold. I mean, the people, Omicron apparently trans, is transmitted easily, and you get a cold. 
you have a sore throat, what do you know? I mean, they have, so far, the last I saw the data, one person has died. Okay, we're intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing. We'll get through this. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. And tomorrow there's apparently, okay, you can take it down. Tomorrow there's apparently a big push coming out of the White House on the unvaccinated to scare you to death, which is what the left always does. And again, I ask you, this COVID agenda, Back to my point of the show to how everything with the left is an agenda. There's always an agenda. It's always hidden. It's not what they really say it is. It's something else. But this COVID agenda is getting outrageous. And people are waking up to it. You, I mean, you have people all over the country who've had COVID, had, the, had one of the many treatments available, got over it, moved on. And yet the White House is you know, not trying, not in any way exempting people who've had COVID. And so they have the antibodies. No, no, everyone must do this. It's a very tyrannical mindset coming out of the White House, very intolerant. And so I'll tell you what's happening because this vaccine mandate thing um, is, and the vaccine passport thing is really, 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 really starting to uh, get to under the skin um, of a lot of Americans. So in New York City, uh, you now have to have a vaccine passport to go anywhere. And I was talking to a friend of mine who was in New York City over Thanksgiving. I mean, you can't go anywhere without a vaccine passport on your phone. So you go in a restaurant, it checks any place you go, subways, restaurants, stores, any place you have to show your vaccine pa- that you've had a COVID vaccine. So, you know, I mean, I guess some people think that's okay. Many people are starting to wake up and saying, wait a minute especially when they know the data, especially when they know 99.8% of most people will survive COVID. They won't die of it. They won't die of it. This is, and so they realize it's highly survivable, plenty of treatments available, huge bad data coming out of all the time out of CDC and other places about the danger of the vaccines themselves. And people saying, what happened to freedom in America? What happened to my right to decide to read the data, make a decision, what happened to my right? So in New York City, there were some um, former service members, Army veteran others, decorated Army veterans who decided they, were, they wanted to go to New York City, they want to go out to eat, they want to go to their favorite restaurant, like, or, which I guess was Cheesecake Factory. So they went in en masse, I don't know how many of them, four, five, eight, went in together, didn't have their vaccine passport because they didn't have their vaccine, and tried to order drinks and or food restaurant told them they had to leave. They said, no, this is America. I shouldn't have to do it to leave. I shouldn't have to have a passport. I want to order food and drinks. And the owner of the restaurant not only had them arrested, um, there's a cheesecake factory in Queens, um, not only called the police, had them arrested, but announced later they do want to press charges. I guess it's considered trespass uh, because they didn't meet the standards the, the uh, restaurant required. But this is a beginning of the kind of thing that is going to happen more and more. And I want to really urge this to people. I know there is growing outrage around this country. The more informed you are, the better you understand, the more you know about the survivability rates of COVID, the effective treatments available, the dangers of the vaccines, the more you think, why do I have to do this? And the answer in America is you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to. And there are, there are people, of course, on board on the left. You have the sinister left, which is COVID is, by the way. COVID is, back to my little outline of today, like what, how the left is always working on things. They are sinister power seekers. They love the idea they can control the population. I may get into more about the dangers of what's in the vaccines in the new year, but it won't happen on the show this year. In the next year, I'll be talking about that. 
But right now, the concept that you can know all the facts I just laid out, be told by the government, but you can't go to the movies, to the grocery store, uh, to restaurants, to use public transportation. You can't go anywhere without this little vaccine passport in your phone. And I think what many people are figuring out is this is the beginning of the end of freedom in America. This is where the government is saying, well, actually, you know, uh, it may be tied to your ATM. So you go to get money out of the bank, out using your ATM card. They say, actually, you know, our records show you're not vaccinated. Your, your vaccines are outdated. You didn't get the latest booster. You know, go get the booster and come back and then you can have your money. If that hasn't happened, but that's the kind of scenario people envision that you're going to start to lose your freedom. And then once they say, based on vaccine status, you can lose your freedom, you know, what about the next disease that comes along, the next virus, a new set of vaccines and a new set of boosters, and we become a society accustomed to being told, we're told what to do, and we just do it. And so you have, again, the sinister plotters recognizing this is, this is deeply undermining of the spirit of freedom and the rights of the individual in America. And then you have the usual leftist crowds, the kumbaya, useful idiots who will just you know well they're just doing it to help us why don't you want to help how come you don't care about my grandmother i mean these people don't understand how the virus works they don't understand the data about it so they don't so, so they just fall in line with what the left says and then you have you know the angry protesters who are out in the streets demanding that everybody who doesn't get vaccinated ought to be sent off to a camp which by the way they're doing in australia uh doing in australia already so we're watching a we're watching a tug in this country between the idea of America and the idea of uh, people who, uh, who stand up for individual freedom and the people who say, you know what, in one way or another, we're going to destroy your spirit of freedom, destroy your belief in, your, in the idea that you live in America and you're entitled to live under freedom. We're going to destroy that and you're not going to argue about it. That this, I mean, this, this COVID vaccine is, is among the most um, right in your face presentations about the idea uh, and they're, they're just the beginning of the end of civil liberties or COVID passports. I mean, so then, you know, they, you might say, well, COVID passport, okay, okay, I'll get the vaccine or whatever you decide to do. But then what's the next issue that you failed to do what the government told you to do? And so then you lose your freedom then. I mean, it's one thing if you rob a bank or commit some other crime, then yeah, you gotta, you gotta you know, do your time. You gotta go through the system and you're probably gonna go to prison if you do that. And, and you know, that's a different thing. But they're making what used to be presumed civil liberties under threat. You think the vaccine is just the first step, and after that, don't worry, then go back to order. Yeah, don't even think it for a moment, because this is a change in the presumption of liberty in America. So one last thing, I, I, I'm out of time, I think. Um, yeah, I am. But um, I will just tell you that I, was, I could also have discussed, I didn't uh, prepare, but also could have discussed, it, it came in, don't even put it, uh, systemic racism. Um, but that's a whole other avenue, agenda, the left is using to seize power. Divide America, divide us back into tribes, the idea of America being tribal and based on your you know, critical race theory and 1619 project and Black Lives Matter, you're going to end up thinking, my tribe is here, your tribe is there, we're pitted against each other, and the leftists love division. Leftists love chaos. They intentionally create it because that gives them a society that is distrustful, that is angry, that is waiting for someone to take charge and get after those other guys and fix them. And, and, and it's another vehicle the left uses is planting the lie of systemic racism. You know, I remember when um, years ago when Ted Kennedy was still in the Senate and he made some comment, he was complaining about President Bush 
and he, uh, uh, George uh, W. He was saying uh, he, he used in a floor speech in the Senate. I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. But anyway, I remember him saying it. Lie after lie after lie after lie after lie. It was all about Iraq. But I thought if I could find that clip, that epitomizes the Democrat Party. Lies about America, def defamation of America, lies about the American people, lies about the vaccines, lies about the threat of COVID, lies about the existence of systemic and institutional racism, uh, lies about climate change, lies about everything, all to get what they want, which is more power and more of your money in their hands. And the concept of America, I'll close up and say guys, truth about America, which is a tagline I always say at the end of my show, and which actually, my, yeah, I say at the end of my show, the truth about America is still and is the most extraordinary, precious, unique gift to humanity that the world has ever known because it's founded on ideas that other countries only wish could be honored in their countries. Founded on the ideas of the Declaration of Independence, the ideas in the Constitution, on the idea of you have the right to live in freedom. That, the idea of America, is what is under assault by the anti-American, sinister power seekers, crisis creators, communist Marxist socialists who now run the American left and who use issue after issue after issue in exactly the same way hoping to lure in the kumbaya useful idiots, hoping to stir up the ignorant who are easily outraged, hoping to stir up the American people in, into such a state of frenzy, confusion, and concern that they'll just surrender their lives, they'll surrender their power, they'll surrender everything, they, they'll surrender everything they're told in order to get back to a peaceful place in America. This is what we're watching right now. And I did this show near the close of 2021 because I really want to urge you again to keep in mind how the left works. It's a, it's a predictable pattern and they do it on issue after issue after issue. When the conservatives, those who love America, love the constitution, love the declaration, love freedom, when you see the pattern, you're more able to stop it in its tracks at the very beginning. Instead of responding to systemic racism, institutional racism, climate change, all these other issues, recognize the left is using this to create power, to control you, to shut down their opponents, to, to gain and, and expand their power. We who love freedom, love America, love the idea of America, need to be on guard now and for the rest of time to recognize the left in this country, the anti-American left, is emboldened, they are empowered and they believe they have won America. They believe they're going to win America, that we're going to all eventually just surrender the very idea of America and allow them to be, allow them to just ease America into this globalist, you know, socialist, UN, World Economic Forum, uh, ruling elite cabal, and America, the great, unique, and extraordinary, will be destroyed. This is where they're going to take it, and this is what they think they can do, and what's going to be standing in the way are we, the American people, which are, again, I will remind you, the people who love America, love freedom, love what the Constitution and Declaration say, we are the majority. We can win. We have to press back on every issue and stand up for the idea of America. I close the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started out today talking about generals pushing war games against the American people. Uh, yes, they apparently are. Uh, Washington Post op-ed by former U.S. military leaders actually proposes war games against the American people. These deluded leftist former generals still buy the 2020 as a free, fair, secure election. 
despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. They insist January 6th was an insurrection, despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. And they aren't sure who their troops support. Well, that was a big thing. They said in this op-ed, they weren't sure which side the troops would support should there be an insurrection. So they want war games to help sort it out. This is the poison fruit of a fraudulent 2020 election and a ruling class that won't address the fraud in any form, but insist on denying it. The American people are way ahead of the ruling class in understanding the fraud. Frustration is mounting. And on Build Back Better bombed, um, Build Back Better, a World Economic Forum initiative, law intended, <clears throat> excuse me, initiative intended to massively restructure the U.S. economy and the U.S. economy built around the use of fossil fuels, all about using climate change to grab power, redistribute wealth, and reorder society. Senator Joe Manchin saw through it. It was not the initiative of the blue-collar West Virginia Democrat voters who elected him. He was right to kill it. America dodged a bullet. America owes a debt of gratitude to Manchin for standing up against the radical left. And on election fraud, the, oh, oh, we do climate. You know, I had these out of order. Keep climate change up there. I'll do that. Climate change. Check out the ACWT link. That's America Can We Talk. Uh, link and again our website is americacanwetalk.org the link to 50 years of failed predictions too many americans forget official warnings of imminent doom doom only 10 more years before we all die uh, began in 1972 none of the doomsaying warnings and predictions have materialized none zip zero not on nothing including ice caps are growing polar bear population increasing penguin population increasing all were predicted to be signs of destruction not happening. Climate change and who and what actually causes or controls it is not a matter of settled science or anything close to settled science, but climate change is settled politics. The radical left's dream tool to reorder society and take control of all human life. Americans must resist climate alarmism, just another device to destroy liberty. Not election fraud. Dems abandoned Build Back Better. Now they're back, they're back to attempt to federalize elections. HR1 and SB1 were long ago seen as perpetuating the system and processes that allow elections to be stolen. Banning voter ID. That alone should make everyone in Washington vote against it. But hey, who knows what they'll do. Um, limiting cleanup of voter rolls. Another one. In the face of canvassing results, they want to limit cleanup of voter rolls. Since these bills were first stalled, the evidence of 2020 election fraud has only increased in Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, among other states. The American people are more informed and opposed to federalizing elections than they were against Build Back Better. Dems are governing against the will of the people and imploding, we hope. And on COVID vaccines, Read Sam Fattis's The COVID Vaccines Are a Myth. I'm sorry, we have a typo in there. This is due entirely to preparing this show at my last at the last minute. It should be COVID vaccines are a myth. Uh, data-driven takedown of claims of vaccine efficacy. Data comes from around the world. Read the data. You'll, you'll be mind the vaccines are not working. Does anyone in public health agencies ever step back and engage in critical thinking? What explains, Sam, what explains Sam Fattis' data in that article I'm mentioning? Why are we insisting on vaccination? <clears throat> Why are we mandating vaccination, much less mandating it? Basic, basic critical thinking is so obviously absent. That's why Americans are losing trust in public health authorities. And the truth about America, in 2022, Americans must resolve to refuse to live under lies. Lies about the presence of election fraud, lies lies about vaccine efficacy, lies about pandemic lockdown measures and their efficacy, lies about climate change, lies about human biology. 
will hit the transgender issue tomorrow and lies about systemic racism in America. The left lives on lies, America matters, and truth matters to the American people. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. I'll give the quickest plug to tell you, if you love this show, help support it, you can go to MyPillow.com, get great, you still order gifts. Order gifts for yourself or for Christmas, MyPillow.com, use a promo code, bottom right, DebbieG, use that promo code, get 60, up to 66% off, and get things delivered to your home, high quality products you'll love. One way to support this show, if you do that, I would so appreciate that. I'll close out the show, I've definitely gone long today, but I appreciate you for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. America Can We Talk is where I tell truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America?